Hello, and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. Speak up. I'm Dave. Do that again. Speak up. Hello. No, come on. Speak up, dude. Hello, and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. I'm Dave. And I'm Chris. How are you today, Chris? I'm alright, dude. This is going to be horrible, I can tell. Don't you have that look in your eyes. Don't be so sure, Chris. It's nice to have you look in my eyes again, though. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's been a long time. Maybe you should shut the door because I hear a lawnmower outside. I think they should know that we haven't actually been recording in New York City, but we're actually in the suburbs. I think you should tell them. We are recording in New York. We're actually in the suburbs. What suburb are we in, Chris? We're in uh, Hedonia. No, Melonia. What are you talking about? What is it? What, is, <laughs> what was that uh, that yeah. random call you got? From, um, that uh, was uh, Miniola. From Miniola. Hello and welcome to Dopey, live from Miniola. Tell them the truth. Start over again. No, I like this. No, it's no good. Because I'm feeling this. This is good. Me and Chris are alone again. Uh, and nobody's going to call in, I don't think. Ooh, but maybe I can get somebody to call in. No. Why not? Well, who are you going to have call in? Todd. Yeah, you can have Todd call in. But not right now. You text in a little bit. Well, let's go for a little bit. So, as you may or may not know, it is, uh, actually, it's June, what is it? What's today? It's June, uh, 22nd, and today... It's 7.50, and we're recording in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Not Hinola. Hinola? Hedonia. Do you know where Miniola is? It's in Long Island. I feel like Hedonia is in my head because it's like hedonistic and it would be... That's where Chris wants to move to. No, that's my free association with Dopey. That it exists in the land of Hedonia? (laughs) Where everything goes. (laughs) This amazing fantasy hedonistic kingdom. But my point is that June 22nd is a significant day in the history of Dopey. Would you like to know why? No, why? Tell me. You would? You said no. Would you want to know why? I said no, I don't know why. And yes, I'd like to know why. Tell me. Because you should know. You really don't know? Oh, because we had Danny Boy O'Connor on? That wasn't what I was thinking, no. What? But we did. We had Danny Boy O'Connor on today on the episode that you're going to have heard last week. It's a weird episode. It wasn't really a traditional Dopey episode, but he's our first real celebrity. Forgive you, Joe Schrank. But uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's too bad the East Side Crackhead couldn't make it tonight. That motherfucking crackhead. <laughs> he's not. I don't think he's active. I'm just, it's his name, so I can call him. No, he's going by East Side now. It's East Side, a.k.a. the East Side Crackhead. A.k.a. Mr. Cracky. Mr. Cracky. A.k.a. AKA Cracky Rocks. Cracky McCrackster. McCracken. <laughs> McCracken, the Eastside Crackster. Release the Kraken. Yeah. I wish we had the Eastsider. And that's not the point. Well, the, yeah. Why is it fame? Why, you don't know why? why you don't know why? What's, June, tw- uh, the summer solstice was, was a couple was days recently. ago? It was There was actually the only strawberry moon you're going to see in 100 years or something. Oh, is that why? No. <laughs> you don't know why? No, why? Really? No. Really? Yes, I don't know why. Chris, you look at your phone every 16 minutes. What are you looking oh, at? Oh, because it's, um, so, oh, 10,000 downloads. Today is the day. 
God willing, if the missiles don't fly into New York City right now, we will be at 10,000 downloads. Right now, we are at what? But even if missiles flew into New York City, why would that prevent us from getting 10,000 downloads? Because people wouldn't listen to podcasts today because missiles would be flying. Well, maybe they would. But the point <laughs> is, if we, got, if we died, it's like if a tree falls in the woods and you don't hear it, does it make a sound? If we so, don't see that we had 10,000 downloads, did, did we get them? Good point. I mean, we did. Yes, we did. But what's the difference? I don't know. You are really not a big contributor. Yeah, you, you've lost me with this train of thought. Is that shitty opening, and now you're just rambling. I don't feel like I'm rambling. This is a banner day for us. Ten thousand from nothing. You know, I used to be called the rambling gambling man. Who? Me. Why? Because I rambled and I gambled. What did you ramble on? Just, just nothing. What did you gamble on? Uh, blackjack, the casino. Really? Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little gambling story? Uh, I actually do have a gambling story. Would you like to hear it? I, yeah, I just said. Why don't oh, you tell God. us? Oh, God. I don't really like saying sexual stories on here, but I should because it's it's linked to sex. Excellent. Yeah, you like that. Yeah. <laughs> that was a story. All right. So I was in the Caribbean. I was like 15. Is this the Anguillan story? Mm-hmm. Good. Different one. Because yeah. that's something that Chris does. I just want you guys to be aware of this. That Chris has, like, an idea for a story, and then he, like, comes up with a really clunky segue to get to the story he was going to tell anyway. Did yeah. you know that? Yeah. No, I have another Caribbean story that was a different one. I know. This isn't that one. This okay. is This is ten, natural. This is ten years before that. This is that. fully organic growth. Yes. This, this is, like, at least ten years before that. Okay. So, um, it's really not even that great of a story, but would you like me to proceed? Uh, yeah. So, I was in the Caribbean. <clears throat> I was, like, 15, 16 years old. Yeah. Um... And we afflicted, go, yeah. Already like kind of like going Done. for it, yeah. yeah. Crispy, no heavy stuff. Yeah, I mean actually, yeah. I'd already I'd already smoked crack and sniffed heroin and stuff. No heavy that, stuff though. No, but I wasn't like doing that regularly. I was drinking like every weekend and smoking pot all day constantly, and then like taking like ecstasy, sniffing coke to other stuff a little bit. You know what I mean here and there. Uh huh. But like every single day was smoking pot and then drinking in the weekends. That was like the primary things going on. So, but you don't like weed. No, I smoked every day, constantly, until you I was ever like, like 20, weed? and then Did I just you like stopped. Weed I liked it when I would do it by myself, in my bathroom, and then go into bed and watch television. That was, like, the only time I enjoyed it. Whenever I did it, like, driving around with friends, I just would get very paranoid. Did I tell you what happened to me last week? No. Are you upset that I interrupted your story? No, no, no please. How about you fucking douchebags listening? Are you upset that I interrupted Chris's story? Why are you attacking me? Because they're always upset when I interrupt you. Oh, but tell me. I had my college roommate stay here last week. Yeah. And uh, he's like a weed dealer or something. Yeah. And when I, w- and I didn't see him, I came home. You told me this. You and woke up the and there was a bag there's of weed. nuggets on the table. And I put them in my hand. And I smelled the sweet, pungent smell of the dank. Wow. Yeah. Why'd you do that? I love how the dank smells. Do you like how weed smells? Yeah, I mean, I didn't at first, and then I smoked it, and then I loved it. I, I love how weed smells. Uh, and for a second, when I got Did the shower... Did it remind you of your pot farming days? No. <laughs> your one day of pot farming? It was, part, it was pot trimming. It wasn't farming. But uh, it reminded me of... Um, what it reminded me of was a lifetime of getting high, and uh, and then I got in the shower... And I was going to go to work, and him and his girlfriend were staying here, and I was thinking, maybe I'll just take the day off and get stoned. That was my thought. Really? Yeah. And then I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, bad idea. And then I, I left. And mm. I haven't seen him since. He's gone. 
Nice. Did, did they sleep in the bed and you slept on the couch? No, we all slept in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's hear your gambling story. All right. So, um, yeah, I was like 15, and I was in the Caribbean. I went to this island, St. Martin, and uh, it was like a big deal when we would go then because, like, I'd go spend the day by myself with my friend in St. Martin, but my parents were on, like, a different island, and uh-huh. we'd take a little ferry to St. Martin. Mm-hmm. So I went there, and uh, I started gambling. And, uh, what kind of gambling? Blackjack. And so I got really, really drunk with my friend, and I was too. Was it an Anguillan friend or a? Uh, no, it was a friend from home. Would you say uh, what's the word? What's the word for America when you're in Anguilla? Uh, I don't know. Did they say stateside? A patriot. <laughs> what would they say? There's going to be a patriot. I don't know, dude. Americans. They call us Americans. But they wouldn't say when you're going to the mainland or anything. Anything cool like that? Wait, but why – you're saying Anguillans would say I'm going to the mainland? I'm asking. I'm not saying no. shit. No, no. They don't say anything They like say that. when you're going back – just when you're going back to the U.S. is what they say. Yeah. Okay. So you're with a, a United States kid. Friend. And we're in St. Martin. White kid, black kid. It's a white kid. And most of the people in Anguillan aren't, aren't white, right? No. Okay. Okay. Continue. Um, but we're not in Anguilla. We're on uh, Saint Martin. So mm-hmm. we were staying on Anguilla. What a nice life Chris has, eh? <laughs> so we were island hopping at sixteen, drinking with his white friends in a black country. Okay. So we. Uh, I'm just not even going to engage. So we left Saint Martin. Uh, I mean, we left Anguilla and went to Saint Martin for the day, which was a big deal because we were young and like we got to spend the day over there by ourselves. You know, nice. like our parents were back at the other island. Did you bring weed with you? No. Uh, so I get to St. Martin and I get wasted. We're just drinking. Why didn't you bring weed if you smoked weed every day? We could buy it down there, but I mean, this weed wasn't a part of the story. Okay. Um, so we go to St. Martin, we take the earliest ferry, which leaves at like 7 a.m. and we get there at like 7.30 or whatever. It's really close. And just the second we get off, we're like taking shots at like 7.30 a.m. in the morning, right? So we get really liquored up and we go to the casino to gamble. Do you remember what you were thinking? Like, oh, we're so lucky we get to take shots at 7 in the morning. This wasn't – like this was a thing that we had done several times because this kid had been down there with me a couple times before. So this was like – this was probably the third time of us doing this sort of trip to St. Martin where we knew what we were going to do. You know, We knew which bar to go to right when we got off the boat, everything. Um, so we get really drunk and we go to this casino and uh, we're gambling. My friend runs out of money really quickly and uh, – I'm so drunk that I, I remember I spilled my drink and they give you free drinks, you know, I spilled my drink on the table like two or three times. And you think in the States they might cut you off. They didn't cut you off. They just clean it up and bring you another one. Well, I had this like stupid idea where I was like, and like, I knew how to play blackjack as best you can. You know what I mean? Like the, the rules, you know what I mean? Stuff and like, um, you know, when to hit and when to stick. What that you want to get to 21. Yeah, but it's like if the, if the dealer's showing a three through a six and you have a 12, you'd stick on that. Do you know what I mean? you stick on a 12 because chances are they're going to bust. If they have a two, it's a little different. But um, So you know blackjack. Yeah, I knew bla- my point is I knew blackjack pretty well. There used to be this website called Hit or Miss that I'd play constantly. It just taught you how to play perfect blackjack. So I'm sitting at the table. I'm pretty drunk. My friend's out of money and he's standing behind me. And uh, I have this brilliant idea where I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? The table was a $5 minimum bet, a $300 maximum bet. I was like, I'm just going to keep betting $5, and if I lose three times in a row, I'm going to bet $300. Because I'm like, you can't lose four times in a row. Like, that was my idea, right? Yeah. So I started doing this, and it fucking works like six times or something, right? 
So I made like 1800 bucks. You know what I mean? So I'd, I'd bet like the max bet. I'd win. They'd give me a bunch and I'd go back to betting the minimum. And every time I won the max bet, I'd turn around and look at my friend who had his sunglasses on and he'd just nod his head. <laughs> <laughs> and so the manager comes over and there's people watching me play because they think we're like – doing some scheme yeah but we're really just like a couple of idiots yeah Yeah. and it just worked out in her favor and so i actually cash out and i leave with like 1500 bucks or something you know i end up losing a little bit but i was still a lot i'm 15 years old you know what i mean it's It's like 2000 or like 1999 or something i don't even know it's a long time ago and uh so we're like you know what we should do you know there's a couple little kids in high school like we should go to strip club we're like so excited to do it so we get into this car, we get in a cab, and I'm like, take us to the nearest strip club. And the cab driver turns around and he's like, I'll take you to the nearest strip club. He's like, but I just want to let you know. He's like, it's not a strip club during the day. And I was like, so totally naive. I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, you know what? He's like, I'll just take you there and drop you off. He didn't have a cool accent. Yeah, he was a roster. Like, I don't do accents. Why? I don't do you shouldn't be going to no strip club. <laughs> bum, that, bum, blah. That is what he sounded like, sort of. Okay. Um, so we go to the strip club. It's called Seaman's Club. That's the name of the strip club. It's a gay strip club. It was not a gay strip club. But it's for seamen and semen. It's just, I don't know. That was the name. It was, that was their creative. It was um, a gay pl- strip club. Seaman Club is not a straight sea club. Uh, strip club. A straight strip club is like Kitty Lounge. Well, do or- you- Breasts and shit. Do you want to hear what it was? Yeah. Okay. So we go in. So we go in there and uh, he stops in the parking lot and he's like, you know what? He's like, I'll wait outside. Go in. Look around. If you guys like it, um, wave me off. And then uh, – but if you don't like it, it's like – Boy, you don't be coming out of there. If you be coming out soon, I'd be driving you home. (laughs) My accent sucks and I wish I could do it good. No, it's better than I could do. But still. Um, So I go – Who them say we can't smoke the herbs? Herb is a plant. Herb, them good for everything. Comes from the earth. Anyway, please. All right. So my friend like takes a leak outside or something and I went in first. And so I go walk inside. Why would your friend piss outside? I don't know. Whatever he was doing, I remember. Masturbating on the cab driver? Yeah, whatever he was doing, he was doing it outside. I went in first. That's all I remember. Uh And I go walk in, and there's a a really hot woman sitting in a chair uh, next to the entrance. And I step inside, and I look around, and I'm standing right at, like, the entrance to the place. And there's all televisions playing porn, and there's, like, there's stripper poles, but there's no strippers in there. It's just kind of like a lounge that everyone's drinking. And I'm standing there kind of taking it in and the girl sitting in the chair next to the entrance, while I'm doing that, she reaches her hands like up my shorts and grabs my dick. Wow. And I was like, hmm. And I turn around and I walk outside and I just wave the camera. <laughs> like, I just don't like know what it is. Like, you can go. And so my friend like finishes pissing or doing whatever he's doing. I'm like, dude, I'm like, just go walk inside and look around for a second and then come back. And so he goes and walks inside, and I guess she does the same thing to him. And he comes out, and he's like, what is that place? I'm like, I don't know. Like, let's go back inside. So we go back inside, and we sit at the bar, and we're drinking at the bar. And it turns out it's a brothel. Uh, it's, like, basically a whorehouse. And they're legal on St. Martin. Like, they're, like, regulated or whatever. And uh, so we sit there, and we end up getting drunk with the girls. And we're, while we're drinking, we're like, you know, we're good Catholic boys. We will never, like you know, engage with one of these women. And we were like, let's just sit here and drink. It'll be funny and stuff. And the girls will get drunk with you. You can buy them drinks and stuff. So we sit there 
and uh, I've been, been there for like a couple hours getting wasted and I turned to this girl and they were all Colombian and she like had crappy English and I was like, where's my friend? And uh, she's like, oh, like he left with two girls. So like he ended up, you know, hooking up with them and then obviously I did by default. I had to, he had done so. And the best part is we took all these pictures and I was talking to like kind of the den mother who was like in her forties, you know, and it was like, I remember she was well over double my age and I thought she was so beautiful. And the next day I looked at the pictures and she was hideous. So you're saying you had sex with a prostitute no. after you won the money. I never said that. Now how much did they, did they rob you or anything? No. How much 30 did it bucks. 30 bucks? <laughs> yeah, dude. And how was it? I don't know. I don't remember. I was really drunk. You don't remember anything? Uh, well, I remember, yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't blacked out. But your friend It's like a motel in the back. Chips. Yeah, he went back with two chips. Why didn't you go for the two chips? I don't know. The, I went for the dead mother. Did you... You fucked the dead mother? Yeah. You did? Yeah. Wow. And then how did you see her picture? Um, we took... We had a... Dig, it was the old, like, two megapixel digital camera, the big clunky ones when they, like, first came out. Yeah. And we took a bunch of pictures. And then you looked at her and she was nasty? Yeah. Was she black or white? She was Colombian. So you fucked an old Spanish woman. Yeah. Good for you, man. Have you fucked any Spanish women since then? Uh, I don't think so. It's a fascinating, fascinating story. Did you know, yeah, I'm sure you know, you know about online dating. Yeah. Did you know that there's an online dating site for threesomes? Do you know what it's called? Uh, Trinder. Thrinder. Thrinder. I was close. Can you believe that? I was Can you close. imagine the world that people... Live? I believe it, dude. There's J-Day, Christian Mingle. There's dude, all sorts Thrinder? of stuff. Sober stuff. Uh, I'm sure there's like stomp on your balls in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know my guitar player in my band is on Thrinder? Is he, he prospers on Thrinder. Really? I See, I couldn't be into that. He's got like seven girlfriends. I have no desire to be in a threesome, and I never even was a thing of me, a thing of mine, you know? A thing of me? A thing of me. <laughs> We're never in a ting of me. Have you ever, have you ever gambled? <laughs> have you ever played blackjack? Have you ever played blackjack since then? Yeah, I go like a couple times a year. And do, you ever, Fox do, do you ever use the same strategy? I try, but... I it doesn't know. Work. So my friend Ted is really good at poker, and I used to stake him to like split the winnings should he win, you know, in the tournament. Because he knows how much money your family has? No, but, like, I'm, I'm always pretty tight on cash, actually. Yeah. Does Ted work? Yeah. For your sister? Uh, he, well, he has. Oh, he's a teacher. He does. He's, well, he's starting that. Anyway, so you'd stake Ted. I'd stake Ted, and then i go, uh, yeah, I'll just go and, and gamble a little bit there. And, and kind of what I always do, you know, you know, I'm not a gambling addict. But it definitely tickles the same nerve. The difference between gambling and like addiction to chemicals is like I'll like do poorly gambling and I'll be like upset and I'll wake up the next day and be like, I'm not gonna do that for a long time. Whereas with like any sort of substances, I wake up the next day and I wanna just like keep doubling down. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if I go lose five hundred bucks in the casino, I'm like, fuck, I'm not gonna go do that for a long time. I could never lose five hundred dollars. Well, you know what I do? If I'm down 500 bucks, I've done this several times. I literally will gamble for like eight hours and on the way out, I'll go to find a roulette table that has a max bet that's like that and I'll put 500 bucks on black. And Have you ever hit it? Yeah, like, like almost every time. So I'll be down 500 bucks and then I'll do one bet of 500 bucks at the end and I'll leave like even. It's worked – like I've done it like three times every single time I've won. It's pretty funny actually. 
one time, <laughs> one time I was leaving and I didn't do that. I put a hundred bucks on it, right? On black. And my friend put a hundred bucks, bucks on red, on roulette, you know? And then there's like a blue or something that's a push and then the house wins. And there's like one chance in 50 or one chance in a hundred. That'll be the blue. So we had covered all the black and all the red, which was like 99 out of a hundred or 49 out of 50. And it landed on blue. We both lost. We were like, that's a sign. We got to go. See, fucking gambling is uh, its so unappealing to me. It's just because I know I'm going to lose. Like, I, I just, I'm not going to win. You know what I mean? And I'll, I'll lose like 30 bucks and I'll be like, I'm done. You know, like, I am not interested in losing. I can losing. see it being a good place to go and like, if you like do slots, which are so boring. I hate slots, but... If you have a friend that you want to just like shoot the shit and talk to, like to go do like penny slots or nickel slots and just sit there for a couple hours. Right, I guess. And if you drink too, it's more fun. I don't drink anymore, you know, so it's like that's gone. I could go. This is, I mean, when I used to go, um, you know, the only, I, I never had money really, to be honest with you. I went to Vegas like four times, never with any money because I spent all my money on drugs. So what would you do there? Uh, well, um, I'd look for drugs. Which is a horrible place to do it. I would wander they have around. Super strict drug penalties. I'd gamble whatever money I had, but I'd usually have like 30 bucks. I'd gamble that, and then I'd wander around, like, looking for drugs. I, I, in fact, the only time I went to, I went to Las Vegas, and um, I just did the dumbest thing. But uh, I went to Las Vegas. <laughs> you may just explain what you just did. So Dave has a Ziploc bag that he had ibuprofen in. He took one, and then he's been ashing his cigarette in the Ziploc bag, and he chose to put his his cigarette, when he was done with it, in the Ziploc bag and add water into it. However, the cigarette had already burned a hole in the Ziploc bag, so when he added the water, <laughs> it started pouring out ashy water all over the floor. And I did it twice, <laughs> and I don't have a paper towel. Here, pause it. Uh, yeah, I'm not that smart. Um, so, uh, oh wait, first I'm gonna tell you something real quickly. I met these guys when I lived in Southern California. They're called credit scalpers. Okay. And they basically did what you did, where they'd have no money in the casino and they'd wander around. But instead of looking for drugs, they look at ways to cash out people's machines or for free change in the slot machines. And so what happens? Some people will play like four slot machines at once, and like you can put a card in and cash out on the card, you know, or you can get like change tokens or whatever. Yeah. But what they would do is have a card <coughs> when a guy was playing like four or five slot machines at once and one on one of them, they would go up when he was like distracted and stick their card in and cash their whole balance out. That sounds like a, like a recipe for disaster. How do you know these guys? They're in jail. <laughs> all right, Dopey Nation. I have to say, first of all, we're so grateful that you listen to the show, and we're about to have 10,000 episodes. Why don't you tell them what's happened so far? No. In this episode? No. Yes, I'm telling them. Why? Because I want to. I told a story about prostitution that I didn't think should be on the show, and then I told a bad story about getting busted a bunch of times that I didn't think should be on the show. So this is like a chopped and screwed episode. That's what we'll call it, the chopped and screwed episode. (laughs) But this episode is a very exciting episode because it's our 10,000th thing. Download <laughs> and um, and that's pretty cool, you know. And I think like, you know, Dopey has its prop. Now you're tired. No, I'm listening to you. 
Dopey has its problems. You drone on and on. All right, you talk. I was going to set up the rest of the episode. Well, where, where do you I know you. You just need light. Where do you want? I do need light. You just need light. Dave sits in his dungeon with his minnow fish tank to illuminate the room. Now do you feel better? I told you we should have gotten chalk, but... All right, let's go. So I'm thinking that we should add some segments to the show to make it better. I'm thinking current events. I'm thinking... Quiz show. Yeah, but the quiz show only works with guests. Yeah. Um, We quiz each other. I'm thinking of a number between one and (laughs) ten. Four. No. Three. No. Seven. Yes. Was it? Yeah. That's always... You weren't even thinking of a number, were you? I was. I was thinking of seven. Oh. Um, Now... Uh, what are the other things we're going to add to the show? Uh, current events. Yes. Emails. Oh, email. we got to read an email. Let's read that guy from Australia. Maybe we should apologize about the Leah, the Leah uh, debacle. Um, yeah, oh yeah, because we read the email twice. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Right. have to bleep that, too. Nah, yeah, I'll drop it. Or yeah. You didn't even say it right. You said the wrong thing. Okay. Um, so... What are we doing right now? We're reading the email. No, right? you, I want you to say about – we got three emails that we read the same email twice. So I want to apologize to you guys. And I also want to say to Leah, a very, very hardcore member of the Dopey Nation, why didn't you know that we read the email in the first place? There you go. No, seriously. Yeah. Leah, why didn't you know? You notice how Leah hasn't written in again. Mm. You don't think anything of it? I don't know. Maybe she hasn't listened yet. Read an email. All right. Who should I read? Australian. I like this Australian guy. He's cool. His name's Matt, and uh, he speaks with an he types with an Australian accent. Yeah, he's, he's an amazing <laughs> typist because somehow he managed to type with an Australian accent. Well, I'm going to butcher this email just because. Do you know how Australians say they want a pitcher of water? Uh, yeah, you've said it on the show before. Ah, well, the what show is, is it again? The show's ruined. <laughs> yeah. Forget it. Read it. Um, all right, so this is from Matt in Australia, and we had corresponded back and forth for a bit. Um, and this most recent email that he sent us, uh, the beginning sentence was, I sent him a picture of myself when I broke my neck skiing drunk. I had to wear a halo. And so he's just responding Where to that. Where is it? It's going. Don't worry about it. How do you know? I just know. Um, so here we go from Matt. Um, the subject is number one blind. What and is that? Oh, that's the name it's of some band or something. He says, "Geez, Chris, you look like one unhappy chappy there. The little book you're holding didn't cheer you up. LOL. I'll post that picture too. Um, that reminds me of a story from one of my mates, Fuzz, who was a total. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a real laugh? Yeah, that was a real laugh. <laughs> that reminds me of a Dude, story. How do you question my fucking laugh. <laughs> that reminds me of a story from one of my mates." Fuzz. Who, <laughs> All I can think of is Mad Max. You know what I mean? Some like Australian with a mohawk. Is when you think Australia, you think Mad Max? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, what do you think of? My friend Dave from back home. He's Australian? We call him Wallaby. Yeah. His family, dude, they used to go on vacation to Australia and we'd go smoke weed at their, like, and we'd just park in their driveway and smoke weed because we knew nobody was home. And, uh, his fucking cats would be running around outside, and they were like, for like weeks, they'd just be outside, and they just would like leave a shed full of food. <laughs> well, that's a good way. The cat doesn't go in the house. But anyway, read about Fuzz. Made Fuzz. <laughs> All right. That reminds me of a story from one of my mates, Fuzz, who was a total trash bag in a good way. 
We had some amazing nights roaming around together in Sydney and Melbourne, getting in and out of trouble, gate-crashing parties, pub crawls, etc. If we had pills, ecstasy, he'd always dump before we left the house. I was used to waiting until midnight or later. That would lead us to some wild fun. He loves to get nude, and one time he stripped off on the way to a party. He managed to find a couple of chicks to get nude with, too. When he walked in nude, I don't think he got a huge positive reception, but when two nudie chicks followed him in, the party was well-pleased. One year, when summer finally arrived, Melbourne gets very cold and depressing during winter, he'd sworn to himself he'd eat a whole watermelon to mark the occasion. He got through it all, but then shat red fluid for the next hour. He also went cafe hopping one day. I think day. it would actually be shitted. Yeah, shitted. He also went cafe hopping one day to consume as much coffee as he possibly could, drank 17 double shots, and didn't slash couldn't sleep for three days. That's fuzz. One year, <laughs> one year, whilst walking through the city, away from watching a short film festival out in the open, he showed me how to pee whilst not breaking stride. Efficiency. I've used this skill many times since. I wish you could do an Australian accent. I can't. Can you do a little? No. Can you say a dingo ate my baby with an Australian accent? Maybe the dingo ate my baby. <laughs> Maybe the dingo ate your baby. Um, so, we made fuzz. <laughs> I can't do it either. So here's the story. Fuzz catches a bus down the snow. It was his first trip to see powder and give skiing a go. <laughs> that rhymes. It does. Read that again. So here's the story. Fuzz catches a bus down the snow. It was his first trip to see powder and give skiing a go. He gets trashed on the bus ride, and when it pulls up, he leaps off and dives onto the first mound of snow he sees. Turns out it's iced over, so he cracks three ribs. Never gets to ski all week. I'm sure he made his own fun at the bar and about the village. Staying strong. Toodles, Matt. So they weren't on drugs for that ski story? No, that was a that, that was a drinking story and a twenty one espresso story before that. Yeah, this is this is. I I've, like it, dude. It's good. Said, yeah, Matt, it's a decent story, and and more than that, Matt is a is a devout listener, and I appreciate his listening. And and I wonder down under how they get dopey. Like, yeah, why is it popular in Australia? Well, popular is a pretty. It's not really popular. No, but it's we not have, really popular <laughs> anywhere. No, but we have like 400 downloads in Australia. All right, what's the current event? Uh, the current event was something I e- I messaged to you like a week ago, which is going to be really hard to find. But basically, I didn't even read it. I just read the title of it. Okay. So can we just talk about the title, or you want me to try to find it? Uh, you can do. Why don't you tell your story? Okay. Wait, my story or the current event? It's a story. I'll find the current event. Okay. Well, you got to ask me questions about the story. Draw it out. Yeah. All right. So I was just one of the stories was just going to be psych ward first days. Yeah, that's I a think good story. A good one. You did know? you did you text it to me or email it to me? I texted it to you. Um, when do I email you? Uh, never. Continue. <laughs> uh, so I was in this rehab and I was court ordered to the rehab. So um, it was actually a condition of my bail. So oh, I don't have it. You know, um, so while I fought my case, so let's just tell a story. So while I fought my case, I had to be start over. So I was court ordered to rehab, right? And it was a condition of my bail. So uh, while California, in California. So while I was on bail, I had to be in this rehab, right? And um, I actually 
like I went through the rehabs there for like six months and then I transitioned to like their sober living. It was like it was a very big case that took years to fight. And I was in their sober living and I relapsed while I was in their sober living and I had to go back to a court date. And this was like a type of rehab. They were very like tight with the courts and the courts actually notified that I relapsed. Like some of them, if you pay to go there, they just don't tell the court anything. And so the court put me back in jail and then they raised my bail and I had to get bailed out again. So I was back and then they made me go back into this rehab another time. And this was like a super strict, like, like tough rehab, right? And um, I think I mentioned it before. This rehab was like one guy got thrown out of this rehab for forcing another resident to watch him masturbate. So like that – it was like a very – like a lot of ex-cons and stuff like that. They were like tight with the um, – Forcing court. another resident to watch him. How did he force him? I don't know. I remember his name was Darnell and everyone mm-hmm. called him D and he'd always play like cards with these like younger – big black guy with these like younger like white kids and, and I was like 22 when I was there and he'd always be like, Chris, like when are you going to join my team? So like, when are you going jo- to join my team, Chris? And I'd be like – I don't know, like later, I guess. Like, I didn't like know what he was talking about. And then when he got forced, like when he forced the resident to watch masturbate, I was like, hmm, was that like some sort of pseudo sexual thing? That's, team building. Yes. That's what we call a team building exercise. So anyways, uh, you're like glad I didn't join his. Team. Yeah. So I get bailed out the second time and I have to go back to this rehab and do the whole deal. Not the sober living where you can leave like in the residential piece for many months. Well, why did you leave? I didn't I, – I relapsed and they put me back in. So like they put me back in like the primary facility. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm sitting in there and like I remember like I almost like started crying. It's just like I couldn't – like I didn't want to be in there anymore. I was like, fuck this. I can't do – you have to clean shit all day. You're just like you're constantly cleaning stuff that's already clean. You know what I mean? Um, and so I was like, you know what? The, and I, I couldn't leave. I was caught right there. I was like, but there was one way that you could get out. You could psych out like – you know what I mean? Like you could like go to the psych hospital and that would follow the chain. You know what I mean? Where I couldn't – I wouldn't get in trouble with court because I'm like listening to like what they're telling me to do. But what's the advantage of going to the psych hospital? I'll tell you what happens, all right? So – Thorazine? This one – this rehab was super strict medication-wise. Like a lot of rehabs, you can't have controlled substances. This one is like you couldn't have Benadryl, Seroquel. You couldn't be on anything. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You could be on like Lexapro, like an SSRI or something, but you couldn't be on anything if it made you sleepy, even if it wasn't like a controlled substance. I got you. So um, I go into my counselor and I just start saying to him, I don't know, man. I don't know. And he's like, what's wrong, Chris? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't know. And I just keep saying that. Mission to get to psych ward underway. To the point where like, it actually genuinely scares him. And he's like, I'm, I think you need to go to the hospital like right now. So they take Were you to that? Did you say, I don't know, man. (laughs) I don't know. Did you tell anybody before? You went to see the therapist. Yeah, I told, like, I told one I'm, guy. You were like, I'm going to go to the psych hospital. <laughs> I did. Did he say why? You know which guy I told? I actually told the Darn guy no. on the drug dealer's stories. Remember when I gave the guy $4 and I ran off in the car? This was in Boston, like seven years later. Yeah, it was yeah, that yeah. guy. He was in that rehab with me in what California. His name? his name was Mike. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, anyways, I fucking go. I, I love that story. Yeah. So I fucking go to the, uh, to the ER. And I tell them this was my thing is that I said I had basically like a god complex and that I thought like I might be like invincible and that all that was stuff. just your fucking bullshit. Yeah, that's what I told them. And, and they're like, okay, what were you thinking? Well, they're like, okay, you can be a voluntary commit to the psych ward. And I'm like, 
okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, so I go, and this is my first time being in, like, a legit psych ward. Like, not for substance abuse, you know what I mean? I, I actually, no, it was after that that I ended up in the one with the shots and stuff. So this was my first ever, the one with the shots was, like, there was substance This was just straight psych, you know? Uh-huh. And so they tell me my room, and they're like, oh, like, your roommate's in there. His name's Kevin or something like that. I don't remember what it was, actually. And I go walk in, and I'm, like, kind of nervous. It's like being in rehab for the first time, except it's different, you know? And I walk in my room, and my, my roommate's sitting on his bed with his back to the door, and he's looking out the window, and it's in Pasadena, the bucolic landscape of Pasadena. It's pretty with the little trees. Right. And he's looking through the glass window at the trees. The glass and, window. Yeah, in his room. But it's nice. It's like a decent room, you know? And I'm like, oh, like this isn't that bad. And then I get a, a, a whiff that smells like crap. And I'm like, did he just fart? Like, it was a very pungent. I'm like, what is that? Did he just fart? It smells really bad. And I look to my left, and there's a little mini trash can, and there's a giant fucking turd in the trash can. The dude fucking shat in the trash can. Shitted. Shitted. He shitted in the trash can. So I ended up staying there for like three days, and they put me on Seroquel. And then so after that, they're like, oh, okay, like you need to be on Seroquel because he was manic, you know what I mean, having like, you know manic delusions of grandeur or something like that and so then they try to send me back to impact right well that was the name of the treatment center so they sent me back to that place that's where danny was right no danny just knew it okay um and so they try to send me back to this place and this place is like he can't be on seroquel there you know what i mean so they're like but we do allow him to be in the sober living so they put me in the sober living which is where i would have ended up Four months later. So you won. So I won. I ultimately, I won. But I really lost in the long run. What did you lose? Oh, I just ended up like totally relapsing and fucking everything on. Yeah, so this story is that your roommate in the psych ward shit in the garbage. Yeah, it was just a... a that's the story. That's the story. Yeah. It was just a first day. Oh, you know what's another funny thing that happened in the psych ward? Was there was a TV room, and it was this big TV room, and there was this huge divider, right, that went down the middle, and it was like kind of sturdy, but you could push it back and forth. And on the other side was, like, the involuntary commits. Do you know what I mean? So, like, a little bit more serious side yeah, cases. Yeah, yeah. And so we had a TV and they had a TV, but we could never see them. But they were on the opposite side of this divider. And I'd always hear them, like, kind of, like, talking and shit. They were pretty loud and rowdy over there. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm going to write a note to them and slide it under the divider. Like, when I was in the TV room. So I write on this note. I'm like, hey, guys. Like, how's it going? And it's like, there's, like, a ruckus over there. And I slide it underneath, you right? Slid it. I slid it. In. <laughs> I slid it. Slid it. So I slid it underneath the, the divider. And there was, like, a ruckus going on. And as soon as I slide it underneath, fucking just silence, right? For like the note, yeah. totally <laughs> the note, the note just stopped it. I just total silence, right? You're nervous for, for like dude, for like four seconds, and then it just like, <laughs> like, it's just like so fucking loud, and the whole divider is shaking back and forth, like they're pushing on it and stuff. Uh, and then what happened? And then that was it. So they never responded to the note. No. Wow, we're in trouble, man. Yeah. I, I think if you remember the, I have to make amends. I haven't made amends to my counselor. That was at that rehab. He's on my my eighth, uh, my ninth step, um, for uh, going in and, and basically causing him to feel concerned over me and pretending I was like suicidal. Oh, you mean for for setting him up? Who's that? Uh, it's Mark, the guy who does the prank phone calls. Yeah, put him on. Really? Yeah. Yo, Mark. Marky Mark. Yo, you're in the area. I'm not in the area, but. 
We're recording Dopey and the episode's really bad. How are you doing? Pretty good, man. You got you got a fucking crazy story you could chime in real quick? What kind of story you want? It's a story about drugs, Mark. You know what this podcast is about? Mark's the prank phone call guy. I know. Mark's got a great voice. Yeah. Mark, you got a great voice. I got, str- I got a sore throat right now, so I'm awesome. You know what we should do? Okay, while you're on the phone... What we're going to do is we're going to add to this episode the prank phone call that we have of Mark that we didn't want to air because it was so fucking ridiculous. That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. So actually what we're going to do is right now I'm going to ask – once once I'm done talking right now, I'm going to ask you to comment on that prank phone call. But don't reveal what you say at the end. And Dave and I are just going to express our utter disapproval of what you said at the end. But now that we have you on the show – um, we're going to air it right after we hang up the phone. Yeah, it wasn't true. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, you, I you hope make, it wasn't Mark, true. you make a lot of prank phone calls, right? I, 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 I sometimes do when I'm bored, yeah. He's and good at it. What, what's, what's usually the gist? Of the pranks? Yeah. We do a lot of hotel rooms. Call a lot of hotel rooms. Try to keep them on the hook as long as we can. Sometimes about 40 minutes. Do you ever do like this? Dude, Mark Mark one time got a bought a bunch of oxys, right? And his headlight was out and it was at night. Have him tell the story. Yeah, tell tell the story. Well, it's real short. Just tell the story about your headlights. Which ones? Didn't you have, didn't you have, well, I mean, I'm just going to tell the whole thing. You had to drive with your high beams on through like four states. Connecticut to Maine. Yeah. Yeah. What happened? I got a lot of uh, horn beats at me. You know, a couple break jobs. That's about it. What? <laughs> Wait, what the fuck did you just say? Well, the people were mad. I was high beaming them. Yeah, so anyways, I think we were confusing people. Mark had a bunch of pills in his car, and he had a headlight out, so he drove through several states with his high beams on because he didn't want to get pulled over. Yeah. All right, dude, we're going to add um, – we are going to add fucking uh, this prank phone call when we hang up. But I'll see you tonight. I'm coming in tonight, Mark. Oh, you got the spiralizer, right? I got the spiralizer, yeah. What's the spiralizer? Mark's a chef. What's a spiralizer? It makes things. Mark, what does it do? If you ever, if you ever come up to uh, the Berkshires, we'll, we'll show you. Yeah, keep them in suspense. Mark, do you ever do the prank phone calls when you're alone and bored or always with your friends? Um, only with my friends. Because you make <laughs> them laugh when you do it. But that's a good idea. I, I bet mean, it... I think you should do one. I think you should... Uh, I think you should do another one, but we'll play this one. We'll play this one now. All right. All right, right, Mark, we will – I'll see you tonight, all right? I'll be in at like uh, 11 or something. All right. Hey, hey, Mark, Mark, Mark. Dave. Where would you grow up? I grew up in Connecticut. Do you know know the group House of Pain? Yeah. The dude from House of Pain was on Dopey today. What did he say? He was a guest. Huh? Does he know me? No, he doesn't know you. I thought you'd be excited. You have a voice that sounds he like one of the... He doesn't care. He doesn't care. All right, Mark. All right, well, I'll... Chris will bring you the spiralizer, you jerk. I fucking care. All right. <laughs> All right, later, dude. What did he say?
He said, um, "All right, so wait." Did he say he doesn't fucking care? He said, "Of course I care." Oh. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna pause this right now, and then we'll just restart it so I can add Mark's prank phone call in here. And let's just once again reiterate that we were not gonna play this prank phone call on Dopey because of what Mark says on it, and. Mark is totally joking, but he just has a very outlandish sense of humor. How so long is it? It's like four minutes. All right, play it. It's very ridiculous. No, I'm going to put it in nicely. If we just play it on the phone, it sounds like shit. But I want to hear what it, what it is. Do you really want to play it like that? I just, yeah. And then if it doesn't work, I'll add it officially. All right, so we're going to play the thing live right now. Um, let me see if I can find this shit. Um, okay. Oh. <coughs> All right. Dopey Nation, fucking listen up. It's two minutes and 25 seconds. Again, Dave and I do not approve of this. I'm playing a phone call, but it is kind of funny. Just play it. All right. Hey, what's up, man? Somebody said I got to call you. A friend of mine said to call you. Four. Four. You want to know? Yeah. I, do, uh, I got big problems, man. I can't stop. I cannot stop. What, what, are, you, what are you using? <clears throat> I, what am I not using? I guess I should say. I got, I, got, I got heroin, crack, cocaine, Xanax, marijuana, meth. All in my pee. My, in my, in my oh, whiz. In my, yeah, in my urine, it's going to come up. I know it. Well, yeah, man, your urine is going to come up. Damn right. Do you guys do supervised urines? So what do you want to do? I gotta, I gotta come see. I, I, I don't know what to do. I've been, I've been around, you know, around and around. Well, you better stop. What do I, what, what do I gotta do? What, what is my first, first day gonna be like there? If you know Mark, this this I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. This is the worst episode we've ever done, and it actually is. I think they're getting increasingly worse. I'm with you on that. What are we going to do? I don't know, man. Maybe it's going to peter out. 
Yeah, I think this is jumping the shark time. I think this is it. This is probably the final episode. This is the final episode. <laughs> this is it. And I'm going to tell the Howard Stern story again because it's such a good story. You tell it now? Yeah. But make sure you you know make it PG or whatever so this right. doesn't become a lost tape. All right. Well, as you Dave, know. Uh, just to reiterate for everybody listening, Dave has to censor some of the stuff that he says. Yeah. Um, and we had I had recorded a bunch of episodes that we couldn't air or that we aired and we had to delete because my – beautiful and brilliant fiance uh didn't think they were appropriate to have and she's probably right and one because your sponsor and one because my sponsor said it was inappropriate to talk about but young garth but um i'm going to uh tell the howard stern story because it's 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 a pretty funny story and it's pretty tame don't you think yeah well back in the day i was making uh, a music magazine show for a tiny college cable network. And um, and the show was like basically the same size as Dopey. Maybe smaller. Yeah. But we, we reached 3 million college kids. But I don't know that we actually reached any of them. We got. What no, does that even mean? It means like the distribution system for the company was. They could s- technically be 300 people. 3 million could listen. But no, not could many, watch. But not many people were watching it actually. Who, we don't know who watched. We did, Dopey gets emails all the time. Oh, yeah. This show didn't. But okay. then the internet wasn't big then. It was a long time ago. It was 1999. Okay. And um, I wanted the show to be big. Just like I want Dopey to be big. And uh, so I decided. And I'm a huge Howard Stern fan. And I have been since then. And I figured I could get it on the Howard Stern show, and then it would be big. And back then, I was like 23, and I had balls, and like I, I had a way of reaching into systems and getting in back then. Somehow, I don't. My ability for that is kind of dried up a little bit. Yeah, but so uh, we aired on on I don't know a hundred a couple hundred campuses across the country. And I fi- and we, we reached three point whatever million students. So I decided that there were a couple of ways in which one could get on the Howard Stern show. The first one was I could just make a fool of myself and get naked. Uh, something totally ridiculous in front of the Empire might, State Building, and that's not even guaranteed. No, it's pretty guaranteed in front of the Empire yeah, State Building that, yeah. with a sandwich board that says Howard Rules or something. Yeah, and I was like, I'm not going to do that. And then. Um, I was like, and I, I was like, or I could bring in a hot girl. You think girl. that would still work? Yeah, definitely. And or I could bring in, you know, you're thinking about doing it. Um, or I could bring in a hot girl who's like uh, gets naked, and Howard evaluates them, and then I could tell them about my show. Like musicians would always do that with songs. They'd bring in their girlfriend to get naked, and then they'd play their song, and Howard would be like, "You suck," and shut them up. Uh, and I was thinking I could do that, but again, I, that didn't that didn't suit what I wanted to do. Yeah, and I thought I, I know Howard's greatest weakness is his ego, so I decided I would just tell a story to serve Howard's ego. So I invented an award. My show was called Shuffle, and at the time it was you know 1999 going into 2000. So I called it the Shuffle Entertainer of the Millennium Award, and I said that on all the campuses we reached, I had an affiliate on campus who was walking around polling students. Uh, to see who the entertainer of the millennium was. And it was all a lie, but I said that <laughs> Howard won the entertainer of the millennium award with 78%. And then all the people who, who else came in were people he hated at the, the time. The people that he beat. Yeah, Adam Sandler, Jay Leno, Johnny Carson. And for some reason, Howard used to always talk shit about Bob Hope. So right. I said Bob Hope rounded out the, the vote. 
Yeah. And um, and then I, uh, oh yeah, I had worked on the E show for Howard, yeah. like as a PA. Yeah. And I also like had another in with Howard where I was like a, I volunteered to be a PA for this guy who was recording his creative meetings. I was just like always kind of on the periphery. And uh, so I had like a couple of ins on the Stern show. So I wrote an email to one of the producers and I was like, Howard just won entertainer of the Millennium Award. And my, my company was a subsidiary of Broadway Video who makes Saturday Night Live. Mm. So like I was like, you know, that's something. And, and, yeah. I, and they thought it was something. So they're like, all right, come in. I was like, okay, cool. I have an award. And I called up a trophy shop. And I'm, I was so cheap. I worked yeah. for a major, you know, yeah. uh, corporation. But still, I didn't want to ask them for the 50 bucks to make yeah. a, a statue. Yeah. So I told the trophy shop that I would mention their name on the air if they would give me a free trophy. So um, so uh, they said yes. What did the trophy say? It said Shuffle, which was the name of my show. Yeah. Howard Stern, or Entertainer of the Millennium, Howard Stern. Okay. So it was the Shuffle Entertainer of the Millennium. Yeah. And the winner was... Howard Stern. And uh, so um, I was a total drug addict at the time. And I um, I got, was, was I think I appeared on September 22nd, 1999. So September 21st. <laughs> like, I think it was September 22nd <laughs> at 9 a.m. Yeah. No, it was 6 <laughs> I was the first guest. It was at 6 a.m. And uh, So where is it? It was at K-Rock. It was when he was and on where K-Rock. Is where is that? It was on like fifty something. The Midtown. Yeah, on the West Side, <laughs> where all the where all the TV companies were, and uh, I think that's where it was. I think it was in the building that the near the Gershwin Theater, but I don't remember really. Yeah. But so the night before, I was I was with my girlfriend at the time, and uh, I I was like, I need to get drugs because I was nervous, but like I wanted to get I wanted to cover my bases, so I got a bunch of coke and a bunch of heroin. Coke. Yeah, because I because I I was scared that I would sleep through it if I took too many drugs. Okay, you know, so I had a bunch of coke and a bunch of heroin and a bunch of ecstasy and weed, and I was fucking nervous. And we also had to be there at six in the morning, and I don't like to be anywhere late, so we just did drugs all night. Yeah, and um, and at like five, we start walking from my apartment to the Stern Show, and uh, and we get there at like five forty. And we're just sitting in the green room, bugging out, you know, whatever. And uh, and he calls me in, and he says, um, he says, so what are you here for? And I told him about the Entertainer of the Millennium Award. And uh, he remembered he, it when you said that. No, he knew what he, I was there oh, for. Okay. He just wanted me to give him the sh- the spiel. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, I told him who he had beaten, and he was like, he was like, Robin, I'm not going to make light of this award. And he starts thanking all the people in, in, in his world. He thanks his agent. He thanks his girlfriend. He thanks Robin. He thanks Fred. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, you should thank me. And he's like, why should I thank you? And I'm like, because I gave you the award. And he's like, okay, I thank David. And uh, yeah, believe that. I'm yeah. a fucking idiot. Anyway. You believed it on your own. Uh, and... Um, and I was feeling fucking really good about myself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was feeling really good. And then Robin says, Howard. And he says, what? He said, how are you going to listen to this kid? And he says, what? And she says, he's obviously lying. He's high. And I said, how dare you, Robin? 
And I have a trophy. Yeah. <laughs> well, but no, but if you looked at me, because I've seen the video since yeah. then, like I had a copy of it for a yeah. little while and I don't have it anymore. Yeah. Um, I look good. I look, because all of the drugs coupled with the nervousness, like, and I look just clear. Yeah. You know? Anyway, then Howard said he was going to use uh, the award to beat me. And then he was going to use it for to a beat dope. you physically. Yeah, because because he believed Robin as soon as Robin said that the truth. From the moment Robin made that uh, observation, how long were you on? I'd say thirty seconds. After that, yeah. that was it. He just, he just kicked he, you off. Yeah, he said, "I'm going to beat you with the award." And then uh, he said, I'm going to use the award for a doorstop. And then he kicked me out. You should have told him what you did. He probably would have respected that and laughed on the show. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But I didn't have the wherewithal to tell us. Well, maybe he'll like listen that. to it now. If he can get through Mark's uh, sexual assault on a minor comment. <laughs> well, you know, it makes me wonder. The sust- I mean, I, I shouldn't even say this, but I'm challenged by the sustainability of our show all of a sudden. Why? Because this is the worst episode ever? Yeah. It doesn't bother you. This is what we do. We just put record and see whatever the fuck comes out. But usually it's good. I don't know. You is this a- any good? Are we declining? If people are listening, tell us if we should stop. I'm not saying we should. We're not going to stop. This just could be like after. Do you know the story of jumping the shark? No. You've never heard that expression? No. Really? Okay. You know they say recovery is like a shark because sharks have to move to breathe in order for like to get oxygen from the water. So you're supposed to always be moving in recovery. You've really never heard the expression jump the shark? No. Do you want to know what it it's is? It's a shark eat shark world. Do you want to know what it is? <laughs> what? Have you ever heard of the show? Have you ever heard that expression? No. It's a shark eat shark world? No. Isn't it a man eat man it's a dog-eat-dog world. <laughs> All right, what were you saying? Though? You really didn't know that, right? No, I did. What's <laughs> wrong I with you? I was thinking bear eat Dude, bear. <laughs> you thinking what? <laughs> I was thinking bear eat bear. Why? I don't know. I couldn't. I knew it was something eat something. But Chris, it wasn't Chris has hit the, the glazed eyes look. <laughs> I want to tell you a really funny story first. Wait, wait, wait. Tell me about the shark. The dog. No, this, is the more, this is more important. Okay. So, um, Danny... Uh, from House of Pain is on the show, and yeah, and Danny's Danny's thing is that he's he he bought the house from the movie The Outsiders, and and the, <laughs> outsiders, the Outliers. The Outsiders is a huge movie from the eighties, starring uh, Patrick Swayze, C. Thomas Howell, Ralph Macchio, who was never a heroin addict. He is heroin recovered, but continue. He's not. He is. He one hundred percent is. He was in the same rehab I was at. When did we? Me. Anyway. So in the movie, it's, it's a classic movie about the 50s with greasers and, and like preps, but they call them socias. But so Danny is in here telling the story about how he bought the house and Chris is sitting next to him like he gets it, like he knows. And like, but like, I don't know why. You know, I just figure he knows. It's yeah. a very popular movie. Then afterwards, we're sitting outside and Chris goes, I don't even know what the outliers is. <laughs> I was like, what's an outlier? He goes, you know that thing he was talking about. I was like, no, that's I was like, damn, look, whoa. What? I, when he was saying it, I was like, wow. Why would you do I that? I got the concept. I just didn't know the movie. Well, it was, it was a cool concept that he was talking about. I didn't even know what the outliers is. <laughs> um, but jumping the shark. This is, I mean, okay. okay. Uh, there was a show in the 70s and 80s called Happy Days. Have you heard of it? Mm. Yes? Yes, I actually have, but I have not seen it. Really? Yes. I wouldn't lie to you. 
Well, Happy Days is a show about the 50s with Richie Cunningham. And uh, Richie Cunningham is a big nerd in school, but he's very sweet. And he befriends the coolest guy in town who's called the Fonz. Okay. Yeah, and, the Fonzie. And, and the Fonz gets him out of all kinds of trouble. What does the Fonz say? Hey. Hey, yeah, yeah. They always do it on Family Guy. Anyway, so um, Happy Days was on for like 15 years or something. But in its like 11th year or in its 8th year, they go on a trip to Hawaii. And, and as Happy Days kept going, they would find themselves in all sorts of less believable scenarios because they got tired of the normal story in Milwaukee where Richie gets bullied or Ralph Mouth runs out of money or whatever. You mean like the writers just kept on doing more absurd shit? Well, they just ran out of stories. So yeah. then they send, the like family, <laughs> they send the family on a trip to Hawaii and somehow in order to save Arnold's, which is the big hamburger stand, the Fonz, who's a motorcycle riding greaser you know, from Milwaukee, decides he has to jump a shark on water skis, okay? <laughs> so he's, he's going to be the water skiing champion of Hawaii, and he jumps the shark. Now, in television criticism, they say after Fonzie jumped the shark on Happy Days, Happy Days couldn't make another good episode. It was over. What do you mean? That was the pinnacle, or that was such a bad episode? They had run out of things to do. Jumping the shark. So he could jump two sharks. And then they went on where, where he, like, became a rodeo rider. But is that like, is that something that's worked its way into, like, everyday lingo? Yeah. Jump the shark? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's gone now, but there was yeah. a period where it was a thing. Yeah. 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 In the late 90s or early 2000s, jumping the shark was a big deal. Hmm. Anyway, I think do- this is where – I think where did do- – I think we wrap the episode up now. Perfect. Where did Dopey jump the shark? In the jump the shark episode, which is now. I think we just jumped the shark. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. So what do we do? Are we going to keep doing it? With the show? Yeah. Yeah. Should we just do it forever? No. We're going to do it until we have a lot like this one. Okay. And then when we can't, when you'll stop coming and it'll be over. Why will I stop coming? Because it does, did this feel good for you? Yeah, it's great. It did? I like seeing your mug. You come to see me? Yeah. Isn't there anything about recovery you can say? I think, uh... Danny said Danny it all. Boy, yeah. Danny that was Boy like a was week ago good. already. Yeah, but I mean, that was enough to cover like a month. You think so? Yeah, I think we need to sandwich that episode between some dopey ones because he broke it down. He knows his shit, dude. He's solid. Why are you saying that now? Because, uh, I don't know, I want to echo what they already know. Do you think Danny's going to catapult us into stardom? No. Fandom? No. People? I'm just dreading editing his episode for all the times you said your last name. It's going to take me fucking forever. Yeah, but he's, a, he's a, the biggest celebrity we've ever had. Anyway, I guess that's it. And to the East Side Crackhead, if you're listening, you're cordially invited to show up at sh- whenever you want. We're here. Yeah. All right. Goodbye. Toodle. I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I wanna be good so bad. Wanna be so good, so bad, so bad. I wanna be good so bad. Bad desires all I ever had. And I wanna take a ride up in the sky. Watch this aeroplane just pass me by 
And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive But I want to be good so bad Want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had